If you find yourself struggling against the toughest, nastiest boss you've ever faced, you know what you need to do? Join a union! Welcome to Triple Click, where we bring the games to you. This week we are talking about bosses in video games, from the gimmicks to the set pieces to the final exams. We've come up with a whole bunch of categories for video game bosses. Let's get to it. I'm Jason Schreier. I'm Kirk Hamilton. And I'm Maddie Myers. Hello. Hey. Here we are. Hello, it's us my again. friends. Here we are. Wow. It's us again. I came back from San Francisco with a nasty cold, but unfortunately, I've tested negative for COVID twice. Just a cold. So it's just a cold. Yeah. Nice. It still happens. Turns Isn't that out you weird? Can still get colds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I think I might, I suspect I might have gotten it from my toddler before I even left for GDC because I didn't, it didn't really hit until after I got back. But um, my toddler had the sniffles as I was leaving. So mm. uh, just had a feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we are back. I'm back in New York. GDC is over. We're all here um, virtually, not, not giving each other colds and sickness. And uh, there's lots to discuss. If you would like to support a show and um, help us out in case we do catch colds or COVID or whatever else we might catch, you can become a member, a Maximum Fun member, and support the fine network that our show is based on. We are entirely listener-supported. We do not have ads, paid sponsors, anything like that. Um, just go to MaximumFun.org slash join and become a member today. And if you do, you will get a bonus episode from us every single month. And uh, we got some good ones. We have a whole big archive full of them. Um, mm-hmm. We just did uh, Beans Cast, uh, which is our bonus spoiler episode on the movie Die Hard, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a great video game <laughs> starring John McClane. <laughs> great video game. As a cool cop. Great Metroidvania. And it is mm-hmm. a Metroidvania. It's true. Next month, I think it's safe to say we will be doing an episode on Horizon Forbidden West. The truth. Yeah. Spilling so the beans. many beans in that game. You got to be real careful not to it's drop true. any of it's those. It's a very bean story. A lot of beans in there. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple more things up top before we get into the episode. One is that uh, last week I mentioned a game about like unwilding the environment, like uh, decolonizing the environment. Yeah, yeah. And a bunch of people have pointed out that that game is called Terra Nil. So go check that out. T E R R A. N I L in nice. case because I had said cool. I had forgotten the name of the, the episode. Um, another thing is in two weeks we will be uh, celebrating our 100th episode. We 100. made it, 100. Wow, it's a big number. It is also our two year anniversary. Um, because yeah, I guess, roughly the same time, which makes sense because we we take two vacation weeks a year and so uh-huh. we're 52 weeks, so it makes sense. Very efficient. It really works out. Two years, nicely. 100 episodes. We're killing it. So to celebrate, here's what we're going to be doing. Um, We are going to be streaming the recording of our 100th episode live on Twitch on Tuesday, April 12th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, and Triple we'll be, Click we'll Pod the, is our Twitch yeah, tri- handle, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe. We'll put it up on, on Twitter, remind people, and uh, we'll remind we'll, we'll include all the details in the show notes. So, yeah, check that out. You can watch us, watch us do our live episode. We'll have a few more details next week. Um, and then one more thing before I throw it to Kirk to start the show is that uh, for those of you who are curious and playing along with the video game Sweet Code in 2, which we are all playing as part of our bet deal for this year, um, we will be doing part two of that series on May 26th. So plenty of time, two months from now, um, May 26th. Um, and we will be playing up to the point where, I don't want to spoil it, but basically the Luca part. 
And you'll know it when you see it. The Luke of Light part. And you'll know it when you get that. I'm excited just based on that alone. It's yeah, true. you'll, you'll I, know it. I hope, I hope I get to play as Luca for the entire next two thirds of the game. <laughs> and then I just kill everyone I've recruited. I hope you guys, uh, yeah, I hope you guys <laughs> dig this next part of the game more than you dug the first part. But we'll, we shall I see. Bet I will. We'll see. I bet we I will. shall see. It's been it's been interesting. I've seen some mixed reactions in the Discord for sure. People are playing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are like, "Oh my god, this is a masterpiece." Some people are like, "Oh my god, this is so infuriating." So I'm very curious to hear. <laughs> it's been what fun you guys to read think. for sure. Yeah. And now, without further distraction, Kirk, what are we talking about today? We're talking about boss fights. One of yeah. the best things about running our own company is that we're our own bosses. We never have to have boss fights anymore. (laughs) That's true. That's true. uh, That's not true if you play video games. In video games, you're pretty often going up against some kind of boss. And uh, we thought this might be a fun fun topic just to talk about because it's such a pervasive part of video game design for whatever reason. I think we'll get into maybe why that even is. And also, of course, all three of us have been playing a lot of Elden Ring lately, and that is a game punctuated by many, 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 many boss fights. So uh, so we've all had bosses on the minds. I think it's because uh, most game developers just have hellish work conditions, and they're like, man, I really want to kill my boss. And so (laughs) they just put it put it in the games that's how yeah. it started and it's just carried on ever since then so you know I, this is a pretty loose a loose topic but uh before we get started i did come up with a few types of bosses with with help a from few? my two co-hosts yeah a few um a few <laughs> different types since i think anyone who's played a lot of video games knows there are like various categories of a boss you start fighting a boss and you start thinking oh this is this type of boss or that type of boss. You figure out what kind of boss it is, gives uh-huh. you kind of a context for what you're doing. So here are the boss types, and we're going to just talk about these as we go. So first off, we have the preview. This is an early fight against a boss that you won't fight again until later. When people think about boss fights, I think a lot of times they actually think about this type of boss fight because it's the mm-hmm. boss fight that isn't actually a boss fight, if that makes sense. The tease, the tease yeah. that you're probably going to die to. I feel like that's a, that's definitely a, a heavy characteristic of this is that they're going to kill yeah, you. Yeah, that's sort of yeah, a Yeah, sometimes you're designed to die to it. I mean, of course, the example that you have here is there's a big spider at the very beginning of Elden Ring, but my go-to example is Ridley and Super Metroid, which is mm-hmm. yet another fight that you're designed not to be able to win. But also he can't beat you either it's like entirely scripted on both sides and just a setup so that you can meet him later on and that just seems like a story classic in a lot of video uh-huh. games yep. all the all the from games do this um, mm-hmm. have an intro boss that kills you yeah yeah it's interesting i mean the from thing is a little bit different from the jrpg thing where mm-hmm. in a from game I've, I've learned to expect that and actually starting elden ring on new game plus i didn't realize that the opening area of elden ring is that same area that you warp to later oh, using really? the magic uh-huh. key. Yeah, it's that yep. like freestanding sort the of... Belfry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are all the messages on the ground that say like avenged or like revenge or whatever because you get to finally kill the spider who gets you yep. at the beginning. Yes, yep. so I totally wow. didn't get that the first time. just went over my head. And this time I was playing it and then I looked out at the view when you first come out at the very beginning of the game and you're looking yep. out on Stormvale Castle. And I was like, oh, I know where I am. I'm here. And mm-hmm. oh, of course. Because I kind of just was like, oh, it's another one of these guys, and I killed him (laughs) when I came back. NBD to this spider, who cares? Right, right. And then I, when I went up to that building and I was like, oh, there's no boss here, there's kind of nothing here. Like, I was sort of expecting there to be a fight because I didn't realize that it was the building that you started in the little chamber that you started at the beginning. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one thing. But 
I actually don't like the JRPG must-lose boss fight. I think Lavos is this way in Chrono Trigger. That's the one I always think of. Like, the first time that you fight Lavos, you're Mm -hmm. supposed to lose. Because, especially in JRPGs, I always wind up throwing a lot of resources at them or, like, using a lot of healing items. And then I realize partway into the fight that I'm supposed to lose. And then that also causes a trust issue for me later where there are times where I'm like, oh, so this is really hard. I'm supposed to lose. And I'm not, actually. Like, I'm supposed to be trying. And then I die and, like, get a game over. I'm like, oh, what the hell? I thought this was a must-lose fight. I always appreciate it when they make it clear that you're supposed to lose by making you do zero damage to the enemy. Then you're like, okay. Yes, that's true. That's a good workaround. Because when there's any ambiguity, I'm not sure really how to tell what they're trying to tell me. Yes, so many JRPGs do this. It's like a trope of the genre because the idea is that, oh, you're too, this character is too powerful for you now, but one day you'll be able to get strong enough to take him down and that's your Mm -hmm. hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Or in every Metroid game, some variation on it happens solely because Samus is actually too powerful at the beginning of the game and she <laughs> needs to go back down to level one. So the way they get around that is by having something defeat her utterly and just knock right. all of right. her powers scattered to the four winds. And it's the same deal. It's it's just as frustrating to, to be knocked down a peg in that way. But since it's scripted, I mean, I agree. It feels it feels bad. It definitely feels bad if you're spending a lot of time in your head thinking, wow, this is so stressful. This game's so hard right out of the gate. And then you're like, oh, never mind. No, it's not. It was (laughs) tricking me. This this was a joke. I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a different experience than something like God of War 2 is another famous example where you have all your shit at the beginning and then Zeus like strikes you down and you Mm -hmm. lose all your stuff and have to get it all back. Yeah. That's like I'm that can be kind of frustrating, but that's I'm okay with they it. They call it an abilities, T E A S E abilities. They that's tease you with all those abilities you're gonna get later on. I don't know yeah. who came up with that one, but it's yeah. a term I've heard before. You know, Final Fantasy Seven, does this count as a preview when you fight alongside Sephiroth in that hmm. kind of early game flashback and you see how super powerful he is? And you kind of know he's going to be a boss, but you're not actually fighting against him. I don't think that counts, but I do think yeah. the deeply homoerotic scene in Final Fantasy VII Remake where you run into Sephiroth in the alley and you definitely can't beat him surely counts because he's right. truly just messing with you in that scene. And it is kind of a fight, but it's mostly just Cloud having a panic attack. Right. That one feels much more like the preview, the preview of the guy who you're going to meet later on. All right, so that's the preview. The next one is the roadblock, and this is a difficulty spike boss, like a notorious boss that sort of blocks a lot of players from continuing. Some that I listed here, examples that come to mind are the blood-starved beast in Bloodborne is a very famous example of this. I think that stopped a lot of people, and I think that Kraid was kind of this way for some people in Metroid Dread as well. I've seen a lot of people say that as well, which is sad Mm -hmm. because Metroid Dread is great. But also, Margit is, I know you have this under variation, but I'm sure there are people who stop playing Elden Ring at Margit as well, just not understanding. So here's the thing. Okay, so there's a variation of this, and that's the skill check. And I think this is like a fine distinction between a roadblock and a skill check, because the idea of a Mm. skill check boss is a boss that's like a test to make sure that you have the equipment that you need, the abilities that you need to sort of make it through the next area. And I think that Margit doesn't count as a roadblock because it's not just like a difficulty spike. He's there specifically, you know, with a purpose. And his purpose is, you can't come into this castle yet. Go do something else. And you have to kind of 
understand that from the game because then you can just go and explore all of Limgrave and like level up a ton and like you have to come back and get really powerful and then you're kind of ready to go into the castle and like get into the meat of the next part of the game. So mm-hmm. that's it feels intentional in a way that I would say from the same developers um, at From, the Blood Starved Beast does not. Uh, I think in Bloodborne, that's just like a hard fight. That's for anyone who hasn't played Bloodborne. You're kind of doing okay. You're getting your head around it. You've beaten a few bosses. You kind of make your way down to this creepy cathedral down in, I guess it's in Old Yarnum, is that right? And you go into this cathedral and there's this creature there. And then next thing you know, you're in this enclosed space fighting this boss that's like a really fast moving werewolf style beast that also like sprays poison everywhere. And you have no way of dealing with poison except for these consumable items that are in limited supply. And the whole fight is like way, way harder than anything you've done before. And I think that was just kind of a roadblock for a lot of people that didn't necessarily feel intentional. It just was like, a lot of people were like, okay, this game isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting though, because I feel like Kraid is actually secretly a skill check boss though, because mm-hmm. a lot of other bosses after him are not harder, at least by my personal estimation. I know we got to get into this is where we get into tricky territory where we talk about what is and isn't difficult for each of us. Sure. And, but but each of the other bosses are going to ask you to use the same skills that you use to defeat Kraid, which is to say dodging a lot, going ball mode a lot. Well, you, can, you actually can't get ball mode yet for Kraid. You use that for other bosses. Forget that. Go <laughs> Using your missiles a lot and like, you know beating whatever a boss shoots at you and then that refills your health and your missiles and learning like oh I get more missiles by shooting at these other smaller enemies and as long as I dodge everything I can actually either keep all my health intact by dodging or I can just keep shooting at these littler guys to get more health and missiles and like those are important skills that you have to learn and also the fact that Kratos multiple phases prepares you emotionally for the fact that almost every major boss in Metroid Dread is also going to be multiple phases and they're each going to have their own patterns that you have to learn each time so I do say to people when they're like okay like I'm stuck on Kratos like should I just stop here I was like maybe because there's going to be other bosses who are mm-hmm. very similar to that guy. Not literally similar, but emotionally similar. <laughs> so, like, if this frustrates you now and you don't want to memorize some attack patterns, you're not going to have a good time by the time you get to Ravenbeak. You're not going to have a good yeah. time with that guy, you know? No, it's true. It's a, it's, a fine, it's a really fine distinction. Like, just because, I don't know, like, most roadblock bosses are kind of a skill check. As mm-hmm. well, I mean, the Blood Starved Beast, you can make an argument for that as well, being like, well, you're going to have to beat a lot of things like this. <laughs> well, yeah. So I guess the question is if you're talking about a skill check or like a, a numbers check, because like mm. there are bosses. So here's a good example. In Destiny and Destiny 2, there are raid bosses who literally cannot be beaten unless you can do enough DPS, enough damage per second sure. within a certain a limited amount of time. So it's like no matter how good your skill is, if you don't have the gear, um, if you're not outputting enough damage, you're not going to beat him. Uh, as opposed to something where it was like, okay, like if you if you have the right skills, if you can do this and with enough teamwork, enough coordination, you can beat this boss. Um, and I guess that would be more of like, a, a, well, maybe not a crate. That would be maybe that's more of a market. Is maybe more market is more of a like you have to be this level if you're really going to beat him. Um, right. Or you have I to be know. very patient. Yeah. There are people who beat that's Margaret true. with no with purely skill, but. 
that's unusual. Yeah, there's no such thing as really a numbers check in, in the from games because skill can always trump everything. But like, um, I think that's that's more of like the the difference between the the check boss as opposed to the robot. I think that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, and then and I don't actually like the numbers check. Like, it's always frustrated me in Destiny raids when you're doing everything right and you've got all your skills down and you yeah, just so like annoying. can't do the damage you need to do because mm-hmm. then you just feel like you're hitting your head against something that's numerically impossible where I, I really like how From Games make it so if you're good enough I mean like I would never be able to beat Margaret at level zero with a club and no armor I just can't but it is cool that I know that that's possible I suppose mm-hmm. um, so the other sub variation here is the side street roadblock which is where the hardest bosses in a game are also optional So you can go hit your head against just the toughest boss in the whole game, and you may even feel some obligation to do so, but they're not necessary for finishing the story or getting to the end or like seeing what happens to all the characters. Mm -hmm. There's some good ones of those in Final Fantasy games. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's a good... The weapons in FF7. Emerald Ruby Weapon and Ozma and FF9 and a lot of other a lot of other classics. Yeah, the, the Valkyries in God of War 2018 are this oh, way. Yeah, that final Valkyrie one. boss is mental difficult, but also, uh-huh. like, totally optional. I mean, those are so clearly delineated as optional. And I still felt like I had to do them. Like, I kind of beat <laughs> my head against that boss, like, even though I knew it was optional. I was like, well, technically this whole video game is optional. I could just go off the talk. <laughs> wow, so, like, <laughs> that's deep, man. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I still kind of felt obliged to do it. Wow. Do you beat, or did you beat every boss in Elden Ring as well, or no? I did, I think, yeah. Wow. I think I beat every boss. Okay. There's, there's probably some, like, whole... <laughs> hidden world that I don't know about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel <laughs> but, like tomorrow someone will be like, I discovered a whole new world. And we're like, oh, I guess there's uh-huh. seven more bosses in Elden Ring. Okay, interesting. I beat every major boss, but not every just like random catacomb and stuff. That's true. There are probably some catacombs I missed. And most of the, there were a couple catacombs bosses I skipped where they were straight up just bosses I'd already fought somewhere else. Right. But Well, but sometimes it'll just true. be two two versions. Yeah. A lot like, of times. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Oh man, there was a moment in Elden Ring. So you you guys know that that kind of creepy cat boss at the beginning with oh, the yeah. sword and the fire oh, yeah. tail. Uh-huh. Anyway, there is a moment I get to a catacomb and Kaled and it's like that cat boss and then a second one and I'm just like, no fucking way. And I yeah. just know that way. Yeah, what if there were two cats? Yeah, there are a few variations of that fight. I like that guy. The when he stands up really tall and looms yeah. over. Uh-huh. That's a tough one. Yeah, that, that was a fun design. I like how weird his face was. He mm-hmm. looks like the bunny in Donnie Darko. He's he's a mm. weird looking cat. Very creepy. You know? I mean, kind of a maybe this I'm sure I'm wrong about this, but it was not a from boss design that I'd really seen before. A big yeah. weird statue automaton. Most of the enemies in Elden Ring are pretty familiar, but um mm-hmm. that one feels kind of different. All right, so moving along, we've got the gimmick. This is another fun one. So this is a boss fight that's actually just a puzzle. And you can maybe possibly beat them in a straight-up, like, normal combat gameplay way. But there's some trick that makes things easier. And then I listed a bunch of examples here. Psycho Mantis. It's a bunch in From Games. Right card. Renala's first phase. There's mm-hmm. always one of these where you get some unique weapon that does, like, lightning damage and has no stat uh-huh. requirements to use it because you just use it to fight this one boss. Yeah, that Demon Souls, like, big Manta eagle thing. Yeah, yeah there's a giant in Dark Souls 3. They always have that. Uh-huh. Um, so there's, you know, there's always just some sort of a trick. Uh, I also think maybe, does do Fallout bosses count? Like, from the original Fallout, where you can fight them, but you can also talk your way past them if your stats are high mm. enough? Is that really a gimmick? That's maybe kind of a different mm. thing. I don't 
don't know. How, how do we factor in Undertale to that? I, I feel like mm. just opening up the idea of bosses where you could also not fight them introduces a whole other layer to this conversation. That's true. That's true. In Planescape Torment, you can also talk the final boss into just ending its own life, into just disappearing from the mortal plane. Ooh, One of the great, great, I would say, ultimately disappointments of Mass Effect is that no matter what, you have to fight the final boss in some form because you can mm-hmm. talk him into like killing himself right if you're enough of I think if you go all the way in on Renegade and, or Paragon which is its own yeah. questionable decision but he still doesn't die he's, you're talking about Saren you're talking about the first the yes first Saren time. yeah mm-hmm. but these are always fun the the puzzle aspects of it are, well I shouldn't say always fun they're sometimes fun depending on how well they're put together there are some gimmicks um I don't know if you guys enjoyed this. When we were playing Final Fantasy VI, do you remember that one boss where they're like constantly changing their elemental weaknesses and you oh, have to like figure yeah. out? <laughs> I didn't think that was fun. No. Personally. No, not fun. Because I fought it for a very long time and uh-huh. felt insane and then yeah. eventually Googled <laughs> it and was like, oh, it's because an absurd yeah. thing is happening that I don't understand, which is that it's possessing my friends and I don't like get that that's what the animations here no, are reflecting. No, 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 that's not what I was talking about. No, no, I was talking about something different. I was talking about oh, the one oh. that changes elemental weaknesses. No, you're talking about something right. else. Right. There is that boss that... Um, the, like, pos- the one that possesses your friends is a totally different thing. No, I'm talking about that. But that's also a puzzle. Yes, but yeah, that's fair enough. A gimmick, <laughs> yes. Or you have to kill your own party members to. to uh huh. There's so many gimmicky bosses in Final Fantasy VI. How could that's I even true. remember them? I will say, though, <laughs> in true. Final Fantasy's defense, I did think it was cool um, that with undead creatures you can just heal them to, to kill them quote unquote I yep. like that as a concept I think That's it's fun when you can use games. a healing spell to kill a zombie because it's funny to me so that gimmick I'm okay with for whatever reason I think it's cool there is an enemy in Elden Ring called the Revenant and uh, I will describe this enemy to you and you will both know who it is it's the teleporting guy with a million arms who just appears next to you and then instantly kills you because there's nothing you can do to stop him from punching you uh-huh. and <laughs> As it turns out, the Revenant is vulnerable to healing spells. So if you heal, if you do any kind of healing incantation while it's coming toward you, it'll like do half its health and stagger it as well and you can finish it off. And it's not a boss, but it's harder than most of the bosses in that game and it is kind of the same the same <laughs> it idea. It is a gimmick. I think it's fair to say that's a gimmick. Yes, I was very happy when I found that out cuz honestly, like they're really I'm sure you can beat them with skill, but they're so hard. <laughs> like, they're yeah, so hard know. to beat. And I've seen some people who don't love like the Rikard fight, which is mm. where you get this crazy weapon that lets you just, you know, it's basically you have to use it to win the fight. I love that fight just because it's so ridiculous looking. It's just like one of the most outsized, outlandish boss fights I've ever seen. And I think it kind of is able to do that because everyone's yeah. going to fight it the same way. You stand there with this thing and you just like blast it over and over again. I like it too. I I like it if a game forces you to use one specific technique to kill uh something. Like I right. I what is it called in the Gears of War games when you have the like thing that shoots a laser beam out of the sky, the Hammer of Dawn. Hammer of Dawn. And there are some bosses where it's like, "Oh, I I just accidentally tripped over this specific gun on the ground. I guess I'm going <laughs> to have to use it later." And it does feel very silly, but it's also fun as hell and it looks really cool. I think it's I think it's actually kind of fun and cool <laughs> when a game has a really big sp- flashy 
boss fight and it's like also you have to use the specific weapon to beat it because we just wanted everyone to have the same badass experience with this guy and that's fine with me although it can be disappointing if you're like you play through this whole game and you get to the final boss and the final boss mm-hmm. requires you to just drop everything you knew and like do something well, yeah. totally different that can be frustrating for the final boss it doesn't feel fair but for uh-huh. just like one boss among many it's like this one's a gimmick i'm cool with that that's fine yeah, that kind of, I'm moving these around because that's a good transition to another one of these, which is the set piece and is kind mm-hmm. of similar. It's a fight that's like a big, long sequence of things. <laughs> like, it's almost <laughs> like a big, long interactive cutscene that sometimes has combat, but isn't just like a one on one fight. God of War does this constantly. The opening of God of War 3 is a great example of this, where you're on the back of a Titan climbing Mount Olympus and you like fight Poseidon. And the whole thing is so, so big. I mean, Kratos is this speck, you know, compared to the to the enemies that he's fighting and to his his ally. And it just it's not a boss fight, really. Like it's it's almost a tutorial for the game. Um, and then Dead Space has this as well. There are these sequences where you're being chased by something and it keeps turning up and soon you're like kind of going through these these almost, mm-hmm. um, you know, like QTE sequences followed by chase sequences followed by platforming, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a similar thing where if it's the culminating showdown against a boss you've been looking forward to fighting, it can actually be kind of deflating, even though it's cool yeah. looking. When you're done, you can. It, I sometimes feel like, well, okay, well, um, I guess I killed <laughs> that thing. Like I, I was, Well, you just followed, yeah, you just followed yeah, the like, instructions. Right. It was like building a Lego it's or like, something. I personally <laughs> yeah. didn't really kill that guy. Uh-huh. The video game played me a video of somebody else doing it, and that's not the same Like uh-huh. if you wanted to do it. And uh-huh, uh-huh. sometimes it can also just be really corny. You wrote the worm in Gears of War 2 here. I had completely forgotten about the worm. That's like an entire <laughs> level where yeah. there's worm jokes the whole time. It's and amazing. Like you're inside Narratively a worm. <laughs> and it's, I I don't know if I love or hate the worm level in Gears of War 2. I guess I love it because I'm sure remembering it now. Yeah. And it's something. I guess if it's an entire level then it's it's different because it's like the whole thing revolves around the idea of fighting this worm and you're looking at it from all these different angles, right. including inside of it, and then you fight it at the end. Kind you of. know what you guys are going to enjoy is Luke of Light. That's, that's all. <laughs> okay. Take your Great. word for it. I think, um, I think set-piece boss fights do allow for really memorable things because they allow a sense of scale that's not possible usually in the game. Like the the variation I have here is just the giant because a lot of times just the boss fight you're fighting, it's just such a big enemy that you can't actually fight it one-on-one. And even sometimes mm-hmm. you then grow big so you can finally fight it one-on-one and be the same size. But that, I mean, like the Gears of War, it's like debatably a boss fight. You In this game, for anyone who hasn't played Gears of War 2, there's this sequence where you're swallowed, your whole squad is swallowed by this worm that's the size of like a skyscraper. Yeah, it's like a dune sandworm, basically, is kind yeah. of what they're borrowing from in terms of the size. And so then you're running around inside of its digestive system and then you're like blowing up its many hearts and eventually yeah. you're like sawing it's like an it open. episode of the magic school bus but very gory and right. you're just taking a tour of its in- innards and blowing up different parts of it and so it's that and that is not possible unless you do a set piece like this you can't have a like you can't design around that sort of thing though there is i guess the one exception to this is shadow of the colossus where yes that game demonstrated that each boss is really a big set piece and it's really kind of a Mm -hmm. platforming level combined with a puzzle. It's kind of a lot of these things at once. 
And that's actually really effective. Like that makes each of those bosses super memorable because they're this it's this whole thing that you play through to get to the mm-hmm. very sad ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's your reward at the end. Your reward is that you feel your reward is being really depressed for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um so the next one is the hunter. This is okay, this is a kind of a divisive one. The hunter is basically a stealth boss fight. A boss that is you have to hide from the boss and the boss is hunting you and then maybe you have to hide for a certain amount of time before they become vulnerable or maybe you can only approach them from a certain place or they only have some weakness but you can't just fight them straight up and some examples of this are the end and quiet in Metal Gear obviously these sniper fights where you Mm -hmm. have to approach a sniper David in The Last of Us a very memorable and terrifying fight I think where Ellie is up against this guy who wants to you know kill her and is hunting her through this um diner i guess and you have to avoid the glass i just i really have strong memories of that fight <laughs> and then in the last of us 2 there are some bosses like that um yeah so stealth boss fights not a fan yeah. but i'm not surprised that you are kirk i'm just assuming well you are. i'm not no 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 oh interesting <laughs> Even the fan of stealth has his limits it's true i i really like stealth games but i Stealth boss fights like don't have most of the things that I like about stealth games. Stealth games are fun because of the like manipulation of the systems and the feeling mm-hmm. of like omnipotence and, and tinkering around and playing with the AI. Stealth boss fights, that's usually off the table. You have to just stay out of sight. And if you get seen, usually something terrifying happens, you get killed. And then there's know? like the same cutscene again, usually, where you're like, right. Great, I died. Just take me, take me back to the beginning. Fine. <laughs> and, and you're just waiting. Yeah, it's the worst. It feels yeah. bad. I enjoyed the end. That's the th- that's what I was going to ask, Jason. I know you oh. like the end as a boss fight. Yeah, I think that's a well. It's like, I mean, that was the first time I'd ever done anything like that, so that's part of it. Um, I, I don't think there's ever been like until Metal Gear Solid Three, which is where that game is. I don't think there had ever been any sort of like sniper or crazy boss fight like that. Um, and also yeah. Metal Gear got talk about a game with insane, ridiculous boss fights. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I something about it. I barely remember it, but I remember the tension of just like having to watch for movement and like catch catch this camouflage old ass hunter who's in <laughs> yeah. a wheelchair um, and just try to figure out where he is. I, I just remember really enjoying the tension of it all. That's true. And I'm thinking about, you know, I played more recently Metal Gear 5 where you fight quiet and it's sort of a similar fight where it's this big open expanse and she's set up on this mountain and you have to get to her and she'll just wreck you if you get out of cover. And I do I did like that encounter, not for stealth game reasons, but just because, like you said, the tension, the feeling of like, oh my God, I'm going to try to get to this rock. Like, I'm just going to go and hope she doesn't see me. Uh-huh, and that is uh-huh. actually kind of fun. It's a little different because you're not being like stalked by someone who's like pushing you out of cover. You can take your time. Maybe that's the difference is that you can take your time. Yeah. And mm. also it sounds a little bit more like it taps into the horror game side of you, Kirk, which I can see why you might like that aspect of mm-hmm. it. Where instead of it being a stealth game, it's more of like an adrenaline rush game where you're sneaking around right. like you're sneaking from the alien and alien isolation or whatever but it's right. quiet trying to kill you so that's and that's a variation of the hunter which is the hunter preview which is very common in horror games and that's so we mentioned the preview bosses where you see the boss for a long time or you see them up front but you don't fight them for a long time and in a ton of horror games i think resident evil was the first to do this i never say anything oh, was the yeah. first to do something uh, well I suppose, oh but. i you're right i have no idea but it, it famously in in early resident evil games you couldn't do much of anything 
anything. You like couldn't just headshot every single zombie. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times you wouldn't even have anything on you that you could kill a zombie with at first. And so you were really underpowered and that's part of why they were so scary. And then they kind of up the stakes by introducing people like Nemesis and Mr. X, which is just like a super big unkillable zombie by your regular weapons. Who's going to stalk you terrifyingly throughout a level. And then eventually you, can beat those guys too because you're, I don't know, Chris Redfield's the coolest guy in the universe. And right. <laughs> eventually he, he becomes so wide shouldered that he can kill anything <laughs> he sets his mind to. But well, and that, like that, yeah. the fight against Mr. X in the Resident Evil 2 remake, where he is like an emergent or, or you know, procedural AI. Right. That, that yeah. doesn't follow a script and just turns up. And so then it becomes this terrifying presence throughout the game that chases you and is very stressful. And then at the end, you do finally get to fight him. And it's, it's a hell of a mm-hmm. fight. And it is very satisfying. I mean, it is like gory and you just like finally like kill this fucking guy who's like been hunting <laughs> you the whole time. And I think that's just become its own whole trope in horror games. I mean, uh, actually, I don't know. I never finished the game Outlast, but there's this big chunker dude who follows you around in Outlast who's super terrifying. Same kind of idea. I'm assuming at some point in the game you finally get to kill him. There's one of those in Dead Space 2. There's this huge scary thing that chases you. One of those uh, xenomorphs, or they're not called that, but whatever they're called in that. <laughs> Legally distinct xenomorph, yeah. Well, and in yeah. Dead Space, the whole thing is chop off their limbs, right? It's like you're supposed to be cutting off yes. their limbs. No headshots. Don't even think about it. You gotta chop off those limbs. So there's this one guy where when you chop off his limbs, they grow back. And mm-hmm. you just can't kill him. And then eventually you, yeah. you get to. And so you just see that happen and you lose your mind. You're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what to do. It's interesting. It's kind of because it's a preview. <laughs> it's a type of preview. That's why the Hunter preview is like a hybrid. Because it is like you you see his leg grow back and you think, oh, okay, I'm not going to be able to kill this guy. So like instead I'm clearly <laughs> supposed to run away. And then you run and then eventually you know you wind up in a scenario where you're able to kill him. So those are stressful, but I, I, I like them. It's, it, I think it varies. It's sort of contextual because I don't love it in every boss fight. I can find it stressful um, mm-hmm. and not fun. But then I don't mind running away from Mr. X or whatever. Yeah, I think it's interesting that they made it procedurally generated in, in the remake. I do mm-hmm. think it fundamentally changes it. it. I don't know if it was specifically influenced by Alien Isolation, but it feels similar. It feels like yeah. just the idea of a procedural generated boss that follows you just became in vogue for a, for a period of time. And I think it's really freaking scary. Right, you can't <laughs> argue with the way results. scarier than knowing where Mr. X is going to show up already and just already being mentally prepared for that. Right. It's way scarier if you never have any idea where he's going to be. It's the worst. So yeah, I guess it works. But right, I don't know worst. if I like it. Am I saying I like it? I don't know. I don't know if I do. <laughs> All right, the next one is the final exam. This is a very Nintendo thing. This is when the boss specifically requires you to use skills or items or abilities that you've gotten right before it. Can't believe you didn't put Metroid in this list. It's so messed up. I tried to add Metroid to every single item on this well, list. Well, when I wrote, but... this is a very Nintendo thing. That's kind of what I meant. But yes, okay, um, Mario, Zelda, and Metroid all do this. Uh, they teach you something and then you immediately have to use it. And it really does feel like, I mean, the same way that a lesson plan is structured with a final test. Like, it's the exact same thing <laughs> that Nintendo mm-hmm. is doing. Yeah. Yeah, you got to use the hook shot and also the sword and also the shield, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, come on. Metroid's the best example of this ever. These are kind of like the most classic, the classic boss is the final exam, right? That's kind of the the archetype of the boss where you spend the entire game or you spend a dungeon learning how to use something and then your your skills are put to the test at the end of it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, that A Link Between Worlds was the Zelda game that sort of changed this in an interesting way that then like, I don't really think worked that well. The fact that you could get the items in any order and right. then just go to the designated dungeon and do them. And then you would fight, you know, that dungeon boss was always always required you to use whatever item the dungeon was themed around. But because you weren't getting the items in a specific order, they couldn't assume that you had other ones. So it felt mm-hmm. more like discrete lesson plans and not like a you know culmination until the final boss suddenly like that final dungeon required you to use everything which yeah like it's it's i think it's more fun when things sort of build on on themselves and you you have a feeling of like a growing toolkit that's being tested more and more and more one one boss that i put down for this is the arch demon in dragon age origins did both of you do that fight at the end of that game it was so long ago but yes i don't remember anything from that game (laughs) So it's so it's a giant dragon that you have to fight in this town, and it's a kind of a twist where this is happens in other RPGs too. This actually happened in um, what in FF six, right? I think this happened several times where you have to make several parties, mm. where the whole game you've been playing with a party of I think four people in that game, and then for this final boss, you need one party to defend the town and another party to go attack the dragon and people can permanently die because it's the end of a Bioware game. So suddenly it's like, oh, if you didn't level up some of your characters, like they might just get killed and then you'll get a a worse ending. And it's kind of not a final exam. It's not like you're learning, you know, it's not you're, you're not being tested on things that you've learned or abilities you've gotten. It's just like you're being tested on your party and if you've Mm -hmm. built them up enough. Yeah, did you do a good job equally leveling your characters, Final Fantasy VI style? That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. I probably let everybody die. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think I, I found it very stressful. I think I remember going back and then trying to do some leveling before it, just like being like, oh, wait a minute, I didn't realize I was going to like have to have this guy and this person I barely even know like lead a squad. So mm-hmm. the Street Cutting series sometimes will force you to use party members that you haven't used before that mm-hmm. like were, were hiding in your in your castle for hours and hours and they'll be super underleveled. You'll be like, fuck, what am I gonna do? And then you take them into a battle and they gain like twenty levels yeah. in one try. So <laughs> it's really a nice, nice thing about that game. That actually yeah. has some good good quality of life stuff in that sense. Yeah, that I will agree with. Another type of final exam is the team building final exam. And this is like raid bosses. Where has I've never had a feeling like I'm going through a team building exercise. I've never had the feeling of going through a team building exercise as strongly as when doing a Destiny boss, where oh, yeah. every single element that's been introduced <laughs> in the raid, I mean, the Atheon fight at the end of the Vault of Glass, it's like, you did some time travel, you fought some oracles, you learned the oracle sounds, you know, you, you learned how this thing works and that, how to trigger that kind of portal. Here's mm-hmm. one new element. Now you got to put it all together and like figure out how this, this final test works. Mm-hmm. And, and Kirk the whole time will be like, guys, don't die. Try not to die. <laughs> Try not die. to right. die. You need one person to tell you not to die. That's a very important no. part of this. Somebody story. has to say that's, it. Otherwise, people will die. I would say you were the bard, the bard of the group. You're the <laughs> right. support of the group. Right. There's a new song I wrote. It's called It's called Don't Die. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is also, I mean, there there are cool aspects of this in in um in, ga- in single player games too, cool. Like, like I mean, the Arch Demon is sort of like that. But I've also yeah, played JRPGs. Yeah. I've also played like JRPGs where like a boss cannot be beaten by a single person or party. You need to like like gather all your troops, and there could be some some games do some pretty cool stuff with that. Mm-hmm. So the other variation of the final exam is the duel. Which is, this was a Jason Schreier suggestion, it is a good one. It's kind of the opposite of the final exam because it's where the final boss, usually the final boss, is has nothing 
from the game that you've played so far and is just like... I can't like, believe you didn't put The Last of Us Part Two on this as, as, as The Last example. of Us Part Two and, and Liquid one. versus Snake in MGS4. They're basically the same thing where it's yeah. like, okay, now we're just going to punch it out. Like, no mm-hmm. more. Forget your cool punch upgrades. Forget your special abilities. Isn't there a Death Stranding fight? I never played long enough to get to it, but maybe you did, Kurt. I've seen people post it, which is how I know uh-huh. about it, where, where there's <laughs> the two guys punching each other, one of which is, of course, Sam Porter Bridges. I won't reveal the other one, uh, uh, but I've yeah. seen people share it, and so I think it happens at least once in that game. I don't think it's the final, final boss. It though. didn't happen for me, and I got pretty far, but, I mean, that game is super long, and I didn't yeah. finish it. I got to a point with Death Stranding where I just started watching people's clips and yeah. just enjoying the heck out of them because I was like, now it just feels as though anything could be in that game. Like, maybe <laughs> what I just described is a clip someone made as a joke, and it's never mm-hmm. in the video game, but, like, people got to the point where they were just posting everything from that game, and every time I I watched something, I was like, this could be a joke or it could be in Death Stranding. There's <laughs> simply no way to know. And I like it that way. Maybe I'll never beat it. I might, though. I don't know. It's yeah, cool. maybe one day. It is kind of a flummoxing thing. I mean, I guess it's <laughs> it's fine. I think that the both of the fights we mentioned, The Last of Us 2 and Metal Gear 4, are both kind of head scratchers. Yeah, they are also, also head scratchers, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's kind of a bold choice, I suppose. Um, all right, well, let's, let's get through the last few here um, before we run out of time. First of all, we have The Pair. <laughs> That is, oh no, there are two bosses. This is just, it is a boss type. It's like where you're fighting one boss and then a second boss rolls in. Classic From game, Ornstein and Smog. Uh-huh. Every time you see a gargoyle in a From game. Okay. Yeah, Anytime you see, you see gargoyle, a gargoyle, gonna you're going to get gargoyle. him to half health, and then suddenly a second health bar is going to appear at the bottom of the screen, and you're going to have to rethink things. Um, you know, that's a, that's a pain in the ass. I feel like duo bosses are always you know, held up as some of the hardest bosses. I think Ornstein and Smog is generally, as a, usually one, held up as one of the best boss fights of all time, just because there's two dudes, they're very different, and uh, you have to fight them in some order, and when you beat one, the other one gets harder to kill. What's the name of those two Hades guys as well? Like, the, the two guys that oh, seem yeah. like they're dating, it's the a, bull guy and, and the, the, the hottie? Yeah, Theseus, yeah, and, Theseus and, and the Minotaur. And the Minotaur. Those guys. Yeah. That one, I remember giving me some trouble the first few times I hit it, as is Hades' That want. is actually a real roadblock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I kept being like, I don't know which of these guys to defeat first, and mm-hmm. they keep they keep getting on my nerves, and every time mm-hmm. I'm hitting one of them, the other one gets on my ass. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Eventually, that's I was true. just strong enough that it didn't matter anymore. That was how I got through that roadblock. You know, block. that's a great man, and that's a great, that's a good example of a check of a sort of skill check slash roadblock boss too. That's a great fight. That that duo mm-hmm. fight, and they're hilarious too. And they got a lot of yes, great dialogue. Great that characters. helps, I think. There's not there's not funny dialogue of from from soft bosses making fun of <laughs> no. you, which is probably for the best, but it really fits in Hades. I would that's say that's true. That's true. Sometimes there is. Every time you die to <laughs> Actually, Margaret, he's Margaret like put those foolish rude. ambitions to rest. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Margaret is kind of a dick about it. You know, I've, yeah. I fought Margaret on New Game Plus and just absolutely owned his ass in like two seconds because I'm still pretty high good. level for New Game Plus. It was very <laughs> satisfying. I was like, I wonder how this is going to go. Then I hit him and his health bar went down like 15%. And I was like, oh, this is going to go fine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, okay, a couple more. The spitting image. Surprise, the boss is you. This happens quite a bit in Control. You go to that mirror world and fight yourself. There's, of course, the mimic tier in Elden mm-hmm. Ring who starts as a boss that you fight and then becomes your very best friend. 
if you're me anyways and you don't care about making the game too true. easy for yourself. It's and then, true. of course, there's Dark Samus, there's Shadow Link. Anytime mm-hmm. you have to fight someone who is a copy of your character and has your same mm-hmm. abilities. Samus has to do it all the time. You know what's funny? There's mm-hmm. there's Dark Samus, there's Shadow Link, and then there's Wario. <laughs> there's Wario, it's true. Yeah, that, what, what's your point? Yeah, Wario's you the coolest at? of those three. <laughs> It's too bad Dark Samus doesn't have like a little more tood. <laughs> it would be funny if those three hung out. Like, what would they get uh, up to? I guess Dark Samus and Shadow Link would be pretty quiet, and, right. and Wario would be really dominating the conversation most of the time. I'm surprised that's never happened that the three of them have. Have they never really gotten <laughs> Why together? Why would they ever get together? Because they're all wildly, like the, they're the, the, tonally different games. I guess in Super Smash Brothers they can. Right, get together. maybe in Smash they could. That is yeah. that is a good point. Yeah, they can and they have. They can and they have. It's true. All right, a couple more. I think this is a type of boss fight worth mentioning is the unfriendly friend. This is a person mm. who is an NPC or someone that you talk to throughout the game who then becomes the final fight. So obviously Hades and Hades is a great example of this. You know he's going to be the final fight the whole game. Mm. But then he, he is, of course. Um, Karaman, is that how you pronounce his name? In Bloodborne is another example of this. This happens a lot in From Games, since usually in From Games, you basically just wind up killing everybody that you've ever talked to by the end of the game. Um, there's plenty more of these, lots of JRPGs. Frank Fontaine and Bioshock counts, I would say. The mm-hmm. voice over the radio who then turns yeah. out to be someone. Yeah, I would say so. I, I assume for this you're you're not counting betrayals, or maybe you are. I don't think it has to be a twist. Because like Hades and Hades is, exactly. you know it's mm-hmm. going to be the guy at the end. That's right. not even a spoiler because the game starts with you being like, I'd like to kill my father, please. Right. Like that is the entire <laughs> And you talk to game. him repeatedly about that. About fact. how you're <laughs> intending on killing him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but some of these like are, are a little bit more twisty where it's like, oh, what's I expect this person to be my friend. And then turns right. out you got to fight him later. But right. hey, I guess it still counts. Whenever I'm playing a JRPG, I pretty much assume that like whoever the quest giver is or the surprising person who turns up is that I'm going to have to fight them. I actually assumed in Persona 5, what's the cat's name that I was going to have that the cat was going to turn Morgana, yeah. Morgana. Yeah. Though Morgana does turn out to have some twists and turns. To their mm-hmm. character, like I, I was like, oh, this is totally gonna be the final boss, and then that wasn't the case. Though, of course, there are other twists in that game as well. Because he seems shady, and he's got like uh, mm-hmm. hidden, hidden secrets. He is shady. Let's be honest. He is he pretty is. shady. That's right. <laughs> Man, I have to replay Persona Five sometime. All right, the last one is gonna be familiar to any JRPG fans or anyone who's played From games or really most video games. That's the saga. That's a boss fight, usually a final boss fight that has a million phases that just keeps going and going and going. And the thing that is most remarkable about these kinds of fights to me is that you get so good at the first phases because they get harder as they go. And so eventually it just really feels stressful because you're you're like, man, I spent so much time getting through the first three phases of this fight and now I'm going to die in the final impossible phase and then I'm going to have to do all those phases again. I suppose this mm-hmm. is why boss fight checkpoints are a thing. Even though there's sometimes, but sometimes, sometimes, sometimes they're not. not. And, and sometimes <laughs> that's okay. Like, I don't know. Maybe that stress in some ways makes the boss fight more satisfying when you beat it. I'm not sure if I think that's true. I'm just throwing mm, that out there. I feel like it does, at least it for does. some games. Like yeah. in Metroid Dread, I often would feel like the first phase and then eventually the second phase was so easy by the time I got to the third one because by then I had done it so many times that I was yeah. like, ah, easy peasy. I know exactly when every single shot is going to fire. And by the time I beat the boss, I'm like at full health the whole time, dodging like a pro. But of course, the first few times you're like, this is impossible. Mm-hmm. But then it, it feels awesome when you beat it. That's that's the ideal 
boss phase scenario, I would say. True. And to your point, Kirk, I think the tension of knowing that you could lose all that progress makes it all the more relieving when you actually win. It's like It's like when you're gambling and you're like, you know, if I lose all this money, then uh, (laughs) then I I can't go home tonight. So it makes it all the more satisfying. Yeah, there is that kind of sunk cost, like fear of loss thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like... It depends, I suppose. Hollow Knight is... I, I don't mind the fight against the Hollow Knight and then to get to the Radiance part of the fight and then the Radiance is where it really gets hard. Um, and I just got so good at beating the Hollow Knight that I didn't... I could do it with my eyes closed. It's like practice. It's like warming up and like yeah. rallying in tennis before yeah, you start and then playing. Fighting Radon, which I know, Jason, you fought Radon pre-nerf. I know they nerfed him in Elden Ring. But that fight is so chaotic and ridiculous that actually... It's a little frustrating that you have to go through all the setup of the first phase to get to the second phase, which is where it really gets hard, before they nerfed it. I could see why they tweaked it, even though I sort of appreciated the challenge and liked beating him. Mm. And now you can brag that you beat him the first time around. Right. I always always have that feather in my cap. (laughs) Uh, Radon on his tiny horse. All right. Well... That's a lot of a lot of different types of bosses that we've talked about. I'm sure we missed a few. I'm sure people will be talking about this the triple click discord. But yeah, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Going to go fight fun. some more some more bosses in uh, Elden Ring New Game Plus. Yeah, I feel like you forgot the boss who rides your ass cuz you came in 10 minutes late, the boss who uh... <laughs> passive aggressive boss. <laughs> yeah, the passive aggressive boss. That's a separate list for a different podcast. The boss who's always subtly union busting. <laughs> <laughs> the boss who keeps making comments about your t-shirts at work. The boss who, yeah. <laughs> so many so many bosses that we've yet to get to. The know. boss who who won't let you work from home because he wants to see what you're doing all day. Jason, <laughs> do we need to interview like is everything okay? <laughs> I hope none of these are your boss. Right, right. Jason's boss is currently listening to this. Like, oh shit. <laughs> the these heck? are just these are all based on stories that I've heard. Great, yeah, true. <laughs> Great. All right, let's take a break, and we'll be back with one more thing. Hi, I'm Biz, host of One Bad Mother. Whether you're a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I signed my stepson up for a camp that is actually in another state. I feel really stupid, and I don't think we're going to get the money back. And then he found out that the car manual is a book about cars, so now he's reading our car manual. We have... So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org, and yes... There will be swears. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Travel Anderson. And I'm Jared Hill. We are the hosts of Fantai, the show where we have complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the things that we really, really love sometimes, but also have some problematic feelings about. Yes, we get into it all. You want to know our thoughts about Nicki Minaj and all her foolishness? We got you. You want to know our thoughts about gentrification and perhaps some positive question mark Uh aspects of gentrification? We get into that too. Every single Thursday, you can check us out at MaximumFun.org. Listen, you know you want it, honey, so come on and get it. (laughs) Period. All right, and we're back for one more thing. Maddie, why don't you go first? Because I also watched your one more thing. Sure. So my one more thing is a TV show. It's called The After Party, and it's on Apple TV Plus, and it's eight episodes. So Dina and I watched this because it was a comedy murder mystery, and we had just completed watching an extremely dark murder mystery on Netflix, which I guess I'll say, I think it's called Pieces of Her. We really liked it, but it was just... 
mm. really intense. And we were like, we, we love murder mysteries, but we just can't watch another horrifying one. Um, so before booting up Severance, we were like, how about this? How about this other lighthearted show, The After Party? And we watched it very quickly because it's so it goes down so easy. Yes. And I love that. OK, so each of the eight episodes takes place from the perspective of a different character, and it's a closed room murder mystery. And you can actually solve it, although good freaking luck because there's so <laughs> many moving parts in this mystery that are revealed over time that I had no, like I didn't even guess, I, I didn't guess a lot of the twists. And that was part of what made it very, very fun. Can I say that Emily nailed it? Like we nailed it, like two episodes oh, in. Oh, wow. Not from clues, but just from like context. Just from vibes? Yeah. I had a few moments where I was like, interesting but i i was very much taken in by a lot of the twists as sure. well it's a good mystery no it's a yeah, good mystery yeah it's a it's a legit good mystery um tiffany haddish stars as the detective she's, she's so freaking good. hilarious and incredible mm -hmm. there's a whole episode that's about her and i saw some reviewers saying they didn't like the episode about the detective because it has nothing to do with the mystery it's just her backstory but it was one of my favorite episodes actually yeah, because her rival at work is the guy who played dan on veep and i know we all watched <laughs> veep and he's so good at playing a scumbag yes. like he's He's incredible at it. And like his his acting as her rival was just incredible. And it really humanizes her. And like you get why she wants to crack this case in record time. And uh you can't you can't help but root for her. So yeah, it's incredible. It's called the after party, really funny murder mystery, and mm -hmm. uh a lot of great performances. Uh Sam Richardson stars, he's hilarious in everything he's in. I love that guy. Also yeah. in Veep. I like him as a lead. He's yeah, Richard yeah. Splett from Veep, but he's great yeah, as Richard a lead Splett. and not he's not yeah. as much of a like ridiculous character as he is on it, Veep and he's really good. He's got a lot of range. I just really enjoyed him. He is he has a lot of range. We watched um Promising Young Woman the other night and oh, he's, he's like that? a bad guy in that and we uh, were like, "What? We are watching so much Sam Richardson and wow. like seeing how much he can do. He plays like a fedora wearing douchebag in mm -hmm. Promising Young Woman." Anyway, who cares? I'm not recommending any of that other stuff i'm recommending the after party that is a good tv show nice jason what's your one more thing um i'll go quick because mine is the same as it was last week which is a game called triangle strategy i mean mine which... is the same too so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i what could it i be? finished this game and then somehow <laughs> found myself playing through the entire thing again that's how much wow. i like this game um so yeah the way it works is i described it the other day but it's it's basically half strategy rpg and half visual novel right and it branches right? and the way that it works is it branches the story branches and it can lead you down three different endings and then in addition to those three endings that are basically like all bad choices so you get to <laughs> near you get close to the end and you have to make one of three different choices and they're all kind of bad choices and you're like kind of oh, sounds man. like elden like, ring <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting it's like they're each going to like they're each making a compromise of some sort that will not make you happy by the end mm. you'll be like god damn like why things have to end up this way and like some of them are like critiques of capitalism there's some really interesting stuff in huh. there and and um, then it turns out there's like a golden path. There's a true ending that you can get. So I decided to play it all on New Game Plus, which just lets you carry over your levels and characters and stuff and play harder versions of every battle. Um, and you can skip most of the cutscenes. You can see through choices that you didn't make before, or you can follow the choices that lead you to the true ending, which is what I'm doing. And so I'm about to get to that and looking forward to seeing it. Um, and then you can also like recruit a bunch of new characters in the second your second try and it'll like the game systems that had previously been opaque will now be opened up to you. But anyway, it's, it's a really good game. I'm Man. really, really digging it. I, I, gotta play I think it. you, 
Um, I think you both might enjoy yeah. it. I don't know. It depends how much tolerance you'll have for like this kind of heavy-handed political fantasy story with like a goody-two-shoes main character and some kind of uh, uh, dry dialogue. But if you can look past that and like once you get into it, I, I think you would both really enjoy it because the combat is is Tactics Ogre, which is like 3D Fire Emblem, and mm-hmm. um, it's really good. Just great strat- strategic combat and. Uh, I really enjoyed the story. You're like making the choices. Um, so you can't actually, I explained this last time, but just to reiterate, you can't actually make the choice yourself. You have to convince your party right, right. to make a choice for you. And so that involves right. going around and like having to actually talk through all these different choices and be like, look, see it my way. And you have to like um, pay attention to how your character, each of your characters is reacting and what their personalities are in order to get them to see things your way. And it's it's all just really well done. But uh, yeah, I'm nice. about to get to the end of the, my second playthrough and looking forward to seeing the true ending. Very rare for me to like play a game and then immediately oh, yeah. play through the whole yeah. thing. And so that's yeah, high it's, it's a good one. Nice. Well, cool. speaking of really liking a game, finishing it and then starting new game plus, um, I'm doing the same thing with Elden Ring. And that's my one more thing. Um, so I couldn't bring myself to do that because it gets rid of all your states of grace and then you can't just teleport anywhere you want. Well, anywhere. so here's what I did. So for new game plus in this game. You finish the story, and you don't have to go immediately to New Game Plus. You're given this choice, so you can kind of keep messing around in the in the open world. You can finish up most of Which the stuff. Which is what I'm doing. Um, and I did that for a little while, but then I basically just backed up that save as the pre-New Game Plus save, and then just started New Game Plus to see what it was like. Um, and it's it's been really cool. So I, I switched my build type to, like, I was playing a sort of strength with a big shield and faith, you know, incantations and a big sword. Now I am playing with no shield at all and, like, total dexterity with katanas that do a ton of bleed damage. And it's really fun. Um, I'm using the uh, Bloodhound's Step, I believe it's called, weapon art, which is a sort of quick dodge. And it's, I'm basically playing it like Bloodborne. I have these talismans that give me health back on kills and on damage. So it really feels like I'm just this damage dealing character. I'm still really overpowered. Like I mentioned, I beat Margit in like two seconds. Um, I think I don't think this will be that hard. But the reason for making this my one, one more thing is actually that I'm getting into the story. And there's this feeling that you have. It's a very specific feeling, I think, for From Games in particular. And it, I really had it here. And that's, you finish the whole game, right? You beat all these bosses. You're kind of paying attention to, like, what they're talking about and the backstory, but not really. And by the end, you're just like, okay, I, I don't know. Here's another huge <laughs> god-being dragon thing that I'm fighting. Unless you unless you have a journal, and then you can figure out the whole story just by wow. writing down. Okay. You, if you really pay attention, you can. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had no idea what was going exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think, I'm guessing that, I mean, no one knows what's going on because a lot of this is a mystery still. But like, yeah. Well, Vati Vidya will know. And he'll do a two-hour video, and then we'll all be educated. So here's the thing. So here's my thing. Okay, so here's my thing. There's a whole feeling that you get when you finish the game the way I was just talking about, and then you start a new game plus, and it shows you the opening cutscene, which shows a ton of characters and actually a lot of story information. The first time you watch that, it's like, okay, here's some guys. Let's talk about some guys. That's basically <laughs> yeah. it. And then you're like, all right, whatever. I don't know. The second time you watch that video, especially if you don't watch it until finishing. <laughs> and one of them is called The Loathsome Dung Eater. Dung Eater. Yeah. As, love that guy. But it's so cool because I totally know who that guy is. I know who all these people are and like why it's listening to them. And oh, oh, so these people are all tarnished. Oh, and if that guy's a tarnished, right, because he was the first tarnished and you start to like figure out who's who. <laughs> Turns out the Dung Eater does a lot worse than eat dung. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, so anyways... <laughs> 
that's a it's a cool feeling when you realize like oh what that means and then as I've been playing New Game Plus like you talk to Kenneth Haight and he talks about Godric and he's like Godric God that guy is like I can't even believe he's part of the Golden Lineage like he's the same blood as Godfrey and I'm like I know who those guys are and then I've started doing my own kind of just on Reddit there's a lot of people trying to figure out the story there are these cool family trees that like explain the different gods that are connected to the different characters they are like this sort of duo single person who's the parent of all of these different um, demigods but then different groups of them based on their names you know beginning with different letters that's why the names are all the same the more I started to learn it the more I'm like this is cool stuff it's like this weird puzzle that everyone's trying to figure out which is just like what happened in this world who are all these characters and the wildest thing is that um, Melina who is your maiden basically who turns up she's mm-hmm. like major character in the game not to be confused with Melina yeah. <laughs> correct not to be but there's here's the thing about her no one knows who she is she's yeah. like the one character that's just shrouded in mystery and she does have a name that's similar to Mikala and Melenia and there's this question of like well is she maybe related to them and it's so wild to me that you no one knows yet she also looks Nobody a lot knows. like Ronnie by the way it's true she does and people have she, noticed and that could be there's a whole theory that she's connected to Ronnie so it's been yeah. really fun that there's all this the mysteries of this game go into the story as well. And as much as like someone like Vati Video or whoever will make a video that'll lay as much of it out as they can, it's actually been really cool to try to piece it together myself and to just, you know, kind of casually just go through this stuff and start to learn it because it's actually really cool and interesting. Or once you can get your head around the names because the names are mm-hmm. like maybe the hardest thing in the game. Um, one, of the, yeah. one of the mods on the Discord was like, real question, was it harder for you to learn the fighting in this game or to get all the names straight? And I was like, real answer, it was harder to get the names straight. Like, that happened later yeah. in the game for me. Yeah. So. I still feel like I can't keep them all straight still. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm with you, Kirk. Um, I think I think at some point I'm going to replay the whole game from probably not too new game plus, probably just a brand new character. Um, so I'm not super overpowered. And I'm going to read carefully, like, every item description and be, like, trying to piece it together. Maybe when the DLC comes out, I'll do that. Because yeah. uh, the yeah. one thing one thing I'll share, though, is the, one of the favorite things that I discovered somewhere, maybe Twitter, whatever it was, is that someone discovered that... Um, all of the divine towers in the game are kind of like surrounding yeah. this one area, this clouded area in mm-hmm. the middle of the map that is like ambiguously clouded and no one can figure out how to get to and nobody knows what's in there. And uh, there's a theory that that's, there's going to be some sort of DLC in there, mm-hmm. which would be amazing. And oh man, this, what a game, what an accomplishment, what a triumph. Yeah, yeah the lore and theory stuff. And then, yeah, the, the questions that remain to be answered in DLC uh, is is very fun. But anyways, I'm uh-huh. sure we'll talk more about that soon. We'll be talking about Elden Ring for a while. Yeah, and um, again, I mean, it just speaks to the, the power of this game that like this story that is barely in it um, is still so intriguing. And that's just how From does things. And they make, somehow they've created these stories that are evocative and fascinating, yeah. even though they're barely explained and yeah, totally incomprehensible. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. narrative, it's, it's incredible narrative design as much as it is minimalist. It's like really well done. It's something that becomes clearer the second time through. Yep. All right. Anyways, um, that's enough. Enough extra Elden Ring for now. We did it. We made an episode. We did it. Hey. We did it. We beat the final boss of <laughs> podcast recording. We yeah, did. We, we took we, all we of did our it. skills, all of our power ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but we made it. Time for a new game plus next week. The final. The final type of boss is the listeners, because our listeners are our bosses. Because we don't have any ads. We but we'll never. We'll, we would never beat them. No. We no, would. We would true. simply talk to them. It would be a conversational boss fight. All right, I'll have another conversational boss fight with the two of you next week. 
Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Conversational boss fight. Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edit and mix the show and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. Some of the games and products we talked about on this episode may have been sent to us for free for review consideration. You can find a link to our ethics policy in the show notes. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, and if you like our show, we hope you'll consider supporting us by becoming a member at MaximumFun.org join. Find us on Twitter at TripleClickPod, send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org, and find a link to our Discord in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next time. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.